Welcome to St. Joseph Evangelization Network and our new and ongoing series, The Stones Will Cry Out. I'm your host today, Peter Karutz. I'm with Deacon Burke. Hello, Good Deacon. Good morning. Good and we have Lisa Anstead. Good morning. You're about to hear a story you have to hear or else the rocks will cry out or the stones. Or One the of stones. the two. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> Welcome back. This is The Stones Will Cry Out. It's the new program here, so we're still working on the name. Deacon Burke, thank you for coming. Couldn't be happier. God bless you. And this is Lisa Anstead. Lisa, welcome. Thank you. I, I know very little about this story, except that I need to know it, and you need to know it. Deacon, tell me how you two met. Well, it was, I, I was praying one day, and I, and I was thinking, and I came across Luke 19, where Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. And the people are saying, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're throwing palm branches down. Of course, it's Palm Sunday as far as we're concerned. And, and the Pharisees turn to Jesus and say, you must tell them to be quiet. And Jesus says, if they do, the stones will cry out. And, you know, we all kind of have something like that, maybe something that happened to us that got us closer to Jesus, or maybe it's an ongoing thing where Jesus is talking to us, which he wants to all the time. He wants to let us know how we're loved all the time. And so these things happen to us, but we might be reluctant to do that. But at some point, if we turn our hearts over to Christ, we have to say it. We have to say that personal parable that says to the world, I'm telling a story of Jesus through my life or through my encounter with other people or just through what I have to tell you about what happened to me. I'm telling you that because if I don't, the stones will cry out. Tell me, how did you meet this fine young man? Well, obviously we're from the same parish. Oh, what parish is that? St. Joseph's in Cottleville. Little chapel in... in uh, <laughs> a small little thing in yeah. Cottleville. <laughs> Um, so he's the deacon and I work in the parish office. Ah. And so, you know, I've, I've seen him and his beautiful wife at church for a long time. Um, they've been long parishioners and I've been there a long time. So then he became a deacon and now I see him in the parish office more often. And that's kind of all we had, you know, just passing in the hall, you know, in the you office. You know the face. Right, yeah. right. One day we ran into each other and she and, and Lisa says, I, I got this story. It's been on my heart for a long time. And she can tell you how long, so it's not just a few weeks or so. It was on my heart and I, I have this story I want to tell you. And I said, oh, sure. I love a good story. I love to hear what you have to say. I was receptive to it. And, and so we sat down and she started talking and it was kind of funny. She says, no, no, not just you. And I thought, not just me. <laughs> what am I, chopped liver here? I thought, I, was, I thought you wanted to talk to me. But no, as, a, as, as she progressed and told me about how the Lord had put it on her heart to tell people this story and to relate how her life in Christ had been and how he had been to her and that he wanted her to tell other people. Well, I had no inclination of ever being on the radio. No offense to you or anybody who does this. And, and, and I wasn't going to do a blog or any of that kind of stuff. And then someone else came to me and said, you should do this. And then she came back and said, I got more story to tell you. <laughs> so th that's why we said, well, I can't just leave this to myself. It's too good to be too good to leave it just here. So I, I thought, well, maybe you'd sit down with us and, and listen to her story and get excited about it as I am and excited as she is to tell it. 
And well, that's, that's what we want to hear. Lisa, I can't wait. I see it so differently, though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I have a story I want to tell. Uh, maybe that's what I heard. <laughs> yes, but um, God put it on my heart mm -hmm. that he wanted me to tell people of his great love. And, you know, I always thought that if people knew how much they were loved by God, they would be there. They wouldn't be deciding whether they should go to church or not. They would just be there in that relationship with God. But they, they miss out on that. And so that was a, not my idea. It was God's idea. <laughs> how did that come about, though, with, with you, about how you came to realize that you were loved by God so much that you had to come? Well, the love for God came to me as a very small child um, in a kind of not your typical leave it to beaver family and um, kind of fearful and scared little child. And I heard God tell me everything was going to be okay. Was that kind of a, a, a actual hearing or how did you hear it? Well, when I hear God talk to me, it's not like I hear you talk, but it's just as powerful inside not on the outside. And so you, you knew that was a different voice. I knew. I knew it was God. It yeah. was real to you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. even though I didn't know God. Okay. I and knew that it was a higher power. It was God. So you said you were kind of a scared little girl. Was there something that was going on that made you feel that way? Well, I remember I was, um, this particular time, I was riding my bike, and there was a big storm that was coming up. And I was probably about five years old, riding my bike by myself, and um, this storm coming, and I was pretty scared of storms, and I'm riding as fast as I can, thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I got to get home before this storm. And God just came and said, you know, you, you don't have to be so scared. Everything's going to be okay, which kind of translated into my childhood in general. Like, you don't have to live like this when you grow up. You don't have to be scared all the time. Things were going on in your family, which we don't have to get into, that made you anxious. Is that right? Yeah. Right. So then, was that a springboard for anything else that developed later? You know, it was just something that gave me a lot of security in my life, in my you know childhood, because if I got scared, I could lean into that and say, you know, I know that it doesn't have to be like this forever. Now. Just so I can understand the context of this, were, were you, uh, you know, were five years old, soon at seven, you might get First Holy Communion, then you might receive confirmation, uh -huh. then you might I'm a convert. Let me stop you. I'm yeah. a convert. Okay. So I was not, you know, First Communion, confirmation. I didn't turn Catholic until, uh, you know, uh, a month before I married my husband. Uh -huh. so, so, so did you have before this uh, an ongoing relationship with God? I did. I always felt a peace from God. Now, I'm not saying that I walked with him, you know, hand in hand because I was just your typical child. I would, you know, fight with my brother and I would get into trouble. It wasn't like, you know, I was any kind of different child than anybody else. But somehow I knew that when things got really bad, I could just lean into God that, you know, Kind of like when it was really bad, it's like you feel like you're hopeless and you go, oh yeah, you know, I don't have to do this on my own. I have someone I can lean into. So, so how did you continue to lean into as you progressed? Well, as, as, as a child and not so much, 
But when I got married, you know, I said I converted after I got married. So Was that something that the Lord put on your heart to do? I believe he did. I always wanted that um, church family. I felt that that was like a piece that I was missing. And so, you know, I knew that when I grew up and got married that I was going to have a family that went to church. So that was important to me at the time. So I met my husband, his family, generations and generations of Catholics. So it, you know, it was just a natural transition that I would convert. So, so you didn't have like a, a smorgasbord of either Christian denominations or other faiths to choose from and, and you just, and just researched them all and decided which one was best and maybe one that appealed to your heart. It was more like, I'm getting married to a Catholic. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so was, exactly. was there any other um, encounters like you'd had at, 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 in, at age five? Did you have any other of those at that time when you were coming into the conversion process? I really didn't. Uh -huh. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> when I converted, I was in the process of planning my wedding, and it was kind of like, check it off the list. I mean, I was very excited to be coming into the church, but you, looking back, I didn't really grasp what was happening. God sort of pushes you along in the right direction and you're ready for it when you're ready for he it. He certainly did, yes. So, so uh, that, your husband were, was happy that you converted? Right, okay. right. And you started a family? And we started a family. Okay. Yes, yeah, shortly after we got married, I had a baby, um, a baby girl, about a year and a half after we got married. Yep, we had her baptized. We center to Catholic school, you know, but something was missing. What was, what, what, was that, what was that feeling that you had that something was missing? How would you describe that? Um, that was kind of an anxiousness that, you know, I felt like I had to do everything on my own. Like I had to be self-reliant in all things. Was that, I don't, I don't know you that well to know, but, but a lot of times I, when I run across uh, mothers, especially young mothers, I discover they're really into that. All the I's are dotted, the T's yes. are crossed, yes. everything's on time as right. best they can. If things aren't in order, they don't feel complete. Was anything part of that? Well, it was all that, oh, right. Okay. You know, I was, I've, it was like a list, you know, make your list, this is what you gotta do today, and check it off. So that part of your life, if I'm listening to you properly and understanding what you're saying, that part of your life wasn't, um, wasn't full. It was like an empty right. cup. Right, right. Okay. So how did, how did the Lord help you fill the cup? Well, um, through adversity. Oh. Works for me, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's what gets my attention, right? Okay. Yeah. So um, when my dad died, it was a very difficult situation, and I could no longer just do it on my own. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, fell apart. And through counseling, I got back up and I knew then, probably, you know, God was telling me, but I wasn't listening. I knew that I needed a relationship with God to get through life's difficult events that were going to happen again, right? This wasn't the, the only bad thing that was ever going to happen to me. Well, if I'm understanding it, you're saying I tried it. I tried to do it on my own. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, Peter, you don't. Exactly. You never tried to do anything on your own and left God out of it, have you? 
Geez, I'm a man. I think it all depends upon me, right? <laughs> Is, isn't that the real difficulty that uh, and I think men struggle with the most? You know, we're supposed to, to get things done, not give up, never cry, right? And, and I, I attribute this to men, but women are solid. We always look at mom, mom's, mom's there, mom's always there, right? And doing everything. And doing everything, <laughs> and you never blink. You know, you kid might blink, but mom never blinks. blinks. That's what we got to do. But in yeah. the end, it really is dependent upon God. I heard this great old saying, work like it all depends upon you. Pray like it all depends upon God. Sounds like you found the pray part might have been the other missing piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without that relationship. So you, 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 there was a space that hadn't been filled, the cup that, that needed to be filled up. And um, so how did, how did you discover that, that God was, was the one to do that? Because, you know, people choose all kinds of things to put in that <laughs> cup, right? Right. So, but uh, coming out of counseling and, and just that, that uh, uh, desert of a time, if I can call it that, a right. desert of your t- a time in your life, you you said I knew if I did you say I knew I knew that I, I needed- knew yeah I knew I needed a relationship with God was that a, was that a knowing in here in your head or oh, was that no. a knowing down yeah, here yeah in my heart it was lower okay so, absolutely so that, you know our hearts are pretty close to are, are pretty close to God right right so God was telling you I'm it yes did you did you how did you hear that. I only heard that in my heart. Like okay. it was like something like you know this flower is yellow. I just knew that was the only way. And then what happened? I mean, it's just one <laughs> thing to hear something, yeah. another thing to yeah. do or oh, to what follow. What a great point! Yeah. What was yeah. the switch? What yeah. is the before versus the after? And you know, and it's a continuous. Sure. It's not just a. It wasn't just a light bulb moment oh, for sure, me. Sure. It, it's little steps. Right. I, my faith journey is all about the small steps. Right. There's not one thing that I can put my finger on. But you know, um, a neighbor was going to a Bible study and invited me. And so that, you know, put me in a, you know, a class where I was learning things that I already knew, but that I was learning in a deeper way. And so that little step led to, you know, maybe I need to go to Mass more often. Maybe I need to make Mass a priority in my life. And that step, you know, led me to another Bible study and just those kind of little steps. I love it when you say little steps like that because I, what I'm hearing, and that's my problem with my hearing, <laughs> I'm, I'm not hearing steps, I'm hearing yeses. I'm hearing, right. I gave a little yes because somebody offered a Bible study. And when I gave my little yes to that, then... God showed me how my yes could lead me somewhere else. So that led you to a relationship with people in a Bible study. Right. Not necessarily Catholic, but, you know, we can hope. But yeah. having said that, they, they, they led you to saying, well, I can see where God's more important in my life. And, of course, we put our time and effort into what's important, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so <clears throat> you went in that transition period of time. Uh, how long a period of time were you in that transition where you, where you were putting your, your toe in the water, so to speak? I feel like it was a long time. <laughs> like I said, it was, you know, just a little step. Um, you know, if anyone would have told me at that time that I would be doing this, I would be like, oh, no. <laughs> so just probably 20 years of just taking those little steps. Blink. From the time for God. Right. But 20 years is a long time sure. in human years. <laughs> well, did you hear, 
you, you know, back when you were five, you heard, you heard his voice inside. You heard that knowing inside. And when you did, did you hear that knowing again any other time or, or that voice? Maybe not as profoundly as you felt in your anxiety, but maybe something like that. I mean, I've heard him over the years uh, just like that. Okay. Um, you, can you recall another time where you heard him like that? Because, you know, uh, the other night, <clears throat> there was bad weather came through where we happened to be, and the tornado came through there, and I heard pull into this garage. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's, that's what I heard. Right. It was my wife telling me to pull into the garage. <laughs> but I have no doubt that she heard it from God. Right. So some of this were other people bringing you, but some of it was also you, too. Right. Can you tell about it? Can you relate to us another time? Because I love to know that it's not like St. Paul, you were knocked off your horse. Right. You were blinded. And then uh, uh, the, the, the young apostle came to him and, say, and, and said, Jesus wants you to, to follow him. And he didn't even say yes, and the scales came off because the yes was in his heart. Right. And I want to hear about it, but we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to hear how you said yes when you heard God say, what do you think? <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to St. Joseph Evangelization Network and this series, The Stones Will Cry Out. Just before break, we asked you, a or I should say Deacon asked you a question. But what do you want to tell the viewers if you had just, just a second or two? Tell them, tell them what really is the crux of your story. So what I want people to know is if they take the time, to take the time to have that intimate relationship with God. There you go. But part of that is the yeses, the yeses. And that's what you were, I think, what Deacon asked you. Yeah, we were talking ago. about your little yeses, you said. I was really, it wasn't like a, a lightning bolt right. or thunder or something like that. It was, I said yes to this Bible study. And, and, and you were talking about the Bible study early on after you're coming into the church. And that was kind of a RCIA kind of thing. Right. I, well, I came in <clears throat> through RCIA, but I feel like I really didn't know anything. But then, yeah, my friend, my neighbor invited me to what I call a Bible study, and it turned out to be a kind of an RCIA class, and the Father French led it, and, you know, we got together once a week and, you know, just kind of deepened, or were taught, actually, how to deepen that relationship with God. Just so we're all on the same page. RCIA is Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, which we have in, for Catholics who are adults, who excuse me, non-Catholics who are adults who are coming into the church. You'd gone through that process, which is nine months usually, right. and then, but you still had that thirst. Remember, you were talking to us about the thirst. Tell us how these things were were helping satisfy that thirst, but not totally. Can you tell me about that? Well, I just needed, you know, I, I needed that relationship with God, but it was. I really didn't know how to get it. So I was just taking these small steps where I could to, um, you know, try to develop a relationship. So was that a, with the RCIA Bible study class sort of thing? Did that led you to something else? Well, it led me to Mass. Okay. Like, you know, I, I, right? I, I knew that Mass was important that, you know, it was not a priority in our lives at that time. I, I'm more of a cautionary tale than an, an example. 
<laughs> so, you know, we would go to Mass when it, we could. And if we couldn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big deal. So, right, that first step was kind of let's put Mass as a priority. It still took a long time to even make that happen. I feel like it was a long time. So, so once that was going on, yet another yes, okay, which is great. And, and uh, were there other ways that you feel like God was leading you along uh, as, you, as you went to Mass or as you received some of the sacraments? The, um, the thing for me was study, Bible studies, book studies, those kind of things. Because, you know, like a lot of Catholics that I talk to, they don't get a whole lot out of Mass all the time. And some, you know, I know people that have left the Catholic Church who, you know, don't go to Mass because they don't get anything out of it. And now I know that they don't get anything out of it because they don't have that intimate relationship with God. So, so we're, we're talking about that. It's beautiful, beautiful. How, tell me some more about how you see how that intimate relationship with God started to blossom in you. Well, it just took time. Just like making that effort to be with him every day in prayer. Um, you know, I attended a chirp retreat, I, um, which was actually my very first retreat, because as a convert, you know, you don't really get that opportunity to go on a retreat in eighth grade or in high school. So, just so we know the right words we're talking about, chirp is Christ renews his parish, I think. Christ, right. Christ renews his parish. Right. And that's, a, that's like a three-day retreat where you go and people give talks and then right. other people might listen and then you might come back and put that on for somebody else. Right, right. exactly. So, so <clears throat> how, is the, how, is, how is the Holy Spirit trying to get you closer to Jesus in this intimate relationship? Well, because, you know, at this time, I'm, I, you know, my kids are in Catholic school and I'm starting to make good friends in the Catholic Church. And, you know, by that example, by what I kind of see what they're doing and they seem like they've got a relationship with God. And so I try to kind of, you know, kind of do what they're doing, basically. And my friend kept asking me, you know, about the chirp retreat. So I had friends that were, you know, they number them. They number the team numbers. So I had friends on the first team. I had friends on the second team. I had friends on the third team. And finally, one of my friends said, what are you so afraid of? Oh, and that was you like, think, do you think that was a God moment? That was like, bingo, <laughs> bingo. That's exactly it. I am afraid because I was pretty happy with the way my life was at the time. And I was like, I don't need to upset this apple cart. Things are going along good, you know? Well, if you don't mind me saying it, I'm kind of listening to your story. And I love this story because there was, there was, a, there was a riding a bike and riding a bike and you were so, so uh, anxious and afraid and God came into that fear. And then there was another time in your life where you're just overwhelmed with all the things of life. And, and, and so that drove you into counseling and you were afraid and God came to you and said, you, you have to seek me. Is that kind of how it went? Absolutely. And, and now things are going great in your life, all right? <laughs> so, so instead of God making, uh, saying, okay, I'm gonna use something bad, he doesn't cause bad things, exactly. of course. But I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna have some, use a something bad thing to bring her to me. I want these good things for her. I'll bring somebody else into her life. Exactly. I'll bring somebody else into her life. You know, sometimes that's a that's a that's a teacher, and sometimes it's a it's a it's a good friend. And this was a friend. It was a friend, yes. And it was just like, how did she know I was afraid? <laughs> it's like, oh my, yes, you are correct. I am afraid. I, you know, it, it's just when you think everything is, you don't know what you don't 
no. And you don't know that love that you're going to get from God because you took that step. Because you're right here and you're in love, in God's love, and it seems all good. But there's more. And, and so I did didn't you still know. Have that, did you still have that, uh, I'll call it disconcerting, but you might have used the word angst about, I'm just not, my cup quite isn't full yet. You know, I really didn't at that okay, time. Okay, right. That's why I felt no need to... <clears throat> so your friend even, came in and stirred the cup a little yes, bit. Ah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, what? It's just, you know, when you're happy with, you know, this much, and God wants to give you this much, but you're happy with this much, it's kind of hard to know that there's more out there. So what, what, did, what, what next yes was it for you? So God said to me, um, Lisa, why do you spend so much effort and time in relationships with your friends on earth and not with me? Was that, was that, did you, did that happen in prayer or, or, or just a, it, it kind of happened about the same time that she said, what are you afraid of? It oh, was like a oh, double okay. whammy. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God for a double whammy. <laughs> yeah, it got my attention. Before that, you might have been scared of the double whammy. Right. <laughs> Okay, but he just took you there anyway. Yes, yes. Oh, praise be to God, yeah. he took you there anyway. Right. But you were willing to listen, huh? Right. Your ears were open. Your right. heart when was he's, open. When he speaks, I do try to listen. Okay, good. Yeah, even okay. though I sometimes might go, wait, I don't want to do that right now. Like being here with me today. Yes, <laughs> yes, that was one a long time coming, okay. but that particular one was, yes, I think I need to be at a chirp retreat, so I went. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, you... You were talking there about being having an intimate relationship with Jesus, intimate relationship with God. So where, where did it go then? Because I don't think it stopped there. No, it didn't. So I went to the treat, retreat. It was lovely. But, you know, when you're at home, it's not, it, 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 I don't feel that closeness to God that I felt at the chirp retreat, right? So you're on retreat and you feel really close and it's all good. And then you go home and life begins. Not that it I had a wonderful life, but, you know, it just wasn't constant because I wasn't, you know, in daily prayer. I wasn't in daily reading. The, and so, so um, the kind of the next step was um, going to hear Matthew Kelly. Mm. And, you know, he asked that one question uh, what are you reading? And that was probably the the catalyst that really got me into that intimate relationship with God. Because now I have to do something. Not just go on a retreat, but to show up every day in prayer and reading. You were, if I can understand this a little better, you you went to see, uh, to listen to Matthew Kelly. Mm -hmm. He came here in this right, area. Right, right. Uh, did somebody invite you to go, or did you just saw it, or how did it come about? You know, I don't even really can't oh, okay. remember. Okay. I so, just know that I got tickets, and I showed up. My husband went with me. It was like on a Saturday morning, and and that just changed my life. I, I'm pretty sure it was the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. You just, you, you, you bought a ticket. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, you, you bought a ticket, yeah. right? And, and it, it cost you so little. Right. I had it, no it, idea really who he was. What did you get out of it since it cost you so little to buy that ticket and you sp probably spent two hours total getting ready and going and coming back? What about all that? What did, it, what did you get from your little step? What did you hear? What are you reading? He challenged me to show up every day and, and in reading and in prayer to show up. So what did you do then? 
So they give you a book. Oh, so okay. which book was it? Um, it was Rediscover Jesus. There you go. Okay. And so I, I didn't even have to go out and look for a book because, you know, he said that he could tell where someone would be in a year by what they were reading. And I'm like, well, I'll be nowhere because I'm reading nothing. <laughs> So what does that mean? If you're not reading anything, oh my goodness. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I started reading and that really, you know, those reading, showing up and reading every day ha has built that relationship. So as you were reading this book that he's talking about, and I, and I know we've talked a little bit, you've read other books since then, right. I hope. Uh, <laughs> you're kind of reading those books and they're kind of reading you. What, what, what were you getting out of these books by way of that intimate relationship with Christ? Well, the um, reading the books, you know, was kind of my prayer. So I'm having a conversation with God every day through those books. Okay. Okay. So that expanded your prayer life. Right. Absolutely. How did it equate to other things? Of course, obviously reading a book is an interior thing. So how did that ex ex extend to like an exterior thing? How did the, how, what happened with you and Mass after that? What happened with you and your relationship with other people? Great question. Because, right, when you have that intimate relationship with God and you show up at Mass, it's a whole different thing. Oh, it, you're how did it there. Change? It's like you, like, like I came to visit you. It's just like you're visiting God. You're visiting Jesus right there. I wouldn't put myself quite that high. <laughs> let's, go ahead and, let's go ahead and keep me down the where visit, Jesus is supposed to the be. The visit is okay, the same. Okay, okay. Not like you are like God, okay. no. So, so do you, I, I'm, I'm sure that your, your conversation with me so far is, is so life-giving to me because I haven't had a lot of epiphanies in my life. And I, I, I just have a little yes here and there, and a little hear a little voice here and there. I want to hear a voice. I don't know about you, Peter, whether you've had a whole lot of epiphanies in your life, but a lot of little yeses is what Lisa's talking to us about. And I can't wait to hear if you could tell me, if you can draw a contrast at all about... The Lisa who went to Mass before you went to this Bible study, before you started reading books, before you saw Matthew Kelly, and then Lisa who went to Mass afterwards. What was that like? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, it's, it's like, uh, obviously, the difference between night and day. So I, I feel like the Lisa before was kind of just uh, not quite a, a completely developed um, person, basically. You know, I didn't, I was going through the motions, I was checking the boxes, I was getting things done. And now today I have joy and peace that I only could have gotten from God. So when you said that completely developed person, I, I, I'm so intrigued by that because it's so easy for us to compartmentalize our faith. Okay, Sunday is Mass, and I know growing up, I had four sisters, Sunday was Mass, and before we got home, we were arguing in the car. Okay, there's, <laughs> right. That was Mass, but now it's time to get even <laughs> right. with my sisters, or whatever that was. Right, right? or so, arguing before you got to Mass. <laughs> but, you, but, but if I'm hearing you correctly, if I'm, if I'm understanding it, you're giving my heart quite, quite a, a, an expansion, is that it's changed, it's gone more to you as a person. Absolutely. What is that like? I'm just like a three, you know, just a, a totally different person in the fact that now if I have something that I need to have, a, if I have a question about or uh, I need to make a big decision, you know, I 
offer that up. I sit with God in prayer and see what he says about it. So then I'm not as anxious if I make a mistake because it's not really on me. It's on him. Lisa, I, I've heard a huge transition as Deacon has said, it's little bits by little mm -hmm. bits by little bits. You know, I heard an old story. I, you know, I was living in my life, whatever it was, and I decided to take the first step and move closer to God. And then it just kept getting better and better and better. And then I finally got to this point where I have this great intimate relationship with our Lord. And I realized, I think he took the first step. I think that's what I'm hearing. Little yeses that you made to our Lord. He put it on your heart and he said, and you said yes. So we're going to take another break. And um, you need to think about this. How can you say yes to the Lord? Well, we're back. Lisa, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for telling us this story. The story that I think many people have heard and felt in their own lives. God doesn't always hit you with a thunderbolt. Sometimes it's this little quiet voice that you almost don't hear, but you still have to say yes. And you can say no. Thank God that you said yes. I couldn't help but think as we were talking, you know, that the, uh, this quote, and I, and I, and I, can, uh, I think it's attributed to St. Augustine, God can do everything without us, but he can do nothing within us without us. And, and you, you said, okay, or, or, all right, I'll trust you, Lord, with my heart to go another step, right? And you did go another step, and you responded to it so remarkably. He wanted you to do that. And, you know, we talked about the stones will cry out. And you just had to tell me the story because you were so full of the love of Christ in you. And I can see that today on your face. And we've, we've talked other times, so, so I, I get that joy every time we talk because you're carrying him with you. You're carrying that intimate relationship with you. So if, if, you, uh, <clears throat> if, you, ha if you saw somebody along the way who was, who was coming out of a, a, of a crisis in their life, what would you say to them since you've come out of that crisis? Well, that's a very good question. Um, of course, everybody's in a different spot. Sure. But what I try to think of when I would talk to someone is, what would I say to my children? That's easier for me to relate to. Like, what do I want my children to know? Um, of course, they're grown now. They're adults. But I still you know, want them to know that love of Jesus that intimate relationship with God that I know, and that, you know, no problem is too big, you know. So those are the kind of things that, you know, I would uh, hope that everybody someday will experience. So then if you met somebody along the way who was just coming out of a retreat, like the friend who saw you and, and, and had a Holy Spirit moment to say, why are you so anxious or afraid? What would you tell that person? What would you say to them? Would it be similar to what you'd tell your children? Uh, right. I, I only, you know, speak from a mother's heart, right? Yeah. It's always, you know, what, how would I approach my child on this? And so I have a, a daughter and a son, and, it, you know, it's always, you know, sometimes a little over much, you know, that I'm trying to mother someone that I just met. But <laughs> it's like, excuse me, I, you, you can't take the mother out of me. So it's always, you know, with that mother's heart that I try to, you know, Give them that uh, insight that you know nothing is nothing is impossible with God. So, Lisa, you came to me and you said, "I've got this story that the 
Lord has put on my heart. I've just got to tell this story. The stones will cry out. And we, you, you've told me this story. We've we spent a lot of time together because I can't help, help myself. I just like to be with you and listen to you. But I was curious, now that you've told your story here today and told it to me other times, what has that done for you to tell your story? So you remember it a little different than I do uh -huh. because I remember <laughs> saying, you know, yeah, this is what I need to do because God called me to this. Mm -hmm. That for a long time God has been telling me and I've been telling God, you know what? I'm not a public speaker. I am not this person. You must be confused. Why, why are you calling me to tell this? And so I reluctantly said to God, you know, if you want this to happen, you're going to have to make it happen. Because I wouldn't even know how to organize this. And so that's where, you know, he came to you, evidently, and said, come on, I have something for you. But I never thought of it in terms of things that I had to say but only that God wanted me to say something and that hopefully when the time came, the Holy Spirit would help me. And how has that worked out for you? Yes, it has. <laughs> it has. You know, I said yes to God. I don't know where this is going to go from here. Yeah. So, you know, I look much better hindsight than, than forward thinking. Yeah. So, you know, ask me that question in a year maybe and I'll be able to answer it better because I don't know where this is going to go. Well, recently you said you'd, you'd gone to an AXE retreat. Right. And uh, I was pretty good with the acronym, so I'm not quite sure what AX stands for. You, you might be able to tell S me. is service. Uh, okay, okay. T is theology. <laughs> Let me go backwards. Okay. A, adoration. Adoration, uh, yes. Okay, okay. And C, Christ. Okay. Uh, ha having said that, what was that theme? I really kind of want to end with, with what we're talking about here today because it, it so crystallizes that. You had a theme because in your, in, you got up in front of all these people in the Acts retreat, right. which is something you would not have done. Right. I so didn't the Lord has it. brought you this yes. far. And, and, and two things. First, what was, the, what was the theme? What was the thing that came so out of that? My um, talk was on service. But, but, but it's, when you were telling me about it, it was, you were telling me that, that I felt I was a beloved daughter of God. Right. Because that's what right. I heard. Yes. You know, you, you always say things to me and I might hear different things, but is that right? true? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so on the Axe retreat, I yeah, I was glorious and you know right there with Christ the whole time, right? And the beloved daughter of God. Yes, I even used that in my talk. That was my opening icebreaker. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so how is you've said that you're a different person now? Would you would you be able to accept that? Would you be able to accept that in prayer that you are the beloved daughter of God? I do, I do. But it, you know, it's funny that you say that because, yes, I said it. I did it with the whole Acts team retreat people. But you know, I still kind of have to constantly remind myself of it. Well, that's not unusual. I have to say it in the morning when I wake up. You we, know, we haven't said any downers since you started talking here. But, you know, there is, there is an evil one who constantly tells us we're not this, exactly. we're not that. He attacks our identity as beloved children of God. Exactly. You know? But you're fighting back so well. In fact, I wouldn't say you're fighting back. You're taking ground back. Yes. Isn't that great? Yes, it is great. It is great because I feel like, right, um, it's a constant battle. But, you know... I, I show up every day and God blesses me. And you're on the winning team. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. 
That's perfect. And that's what you do. You show up every day. I, I think our Lord works in us and through us at the pace that we need. And I don't know if acts at day one before you went through RCIA would have been effective as it is today. Exactly. So that's the journey, all of our journey. Most of our journeys are not these great revelations with a switch that flips and we're different people from one moment to the next. God works with us and through us in the time that he knows best. I think you spoke to a lot of people. I think you spoke to the story of a lot of people. The little yeses are God working through you. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for telling us your story. And your story is your story. As we conclude this, Deacon, can I ask you to conclude us with a prayer? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. As we do everything in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, we respond to your love by saying yes to you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Holy Spirit. Come into our, come into our hearts and, and kindle us the fire of your love. Come into our hearts and allow us to, to live our identity as sons and daughters of God. We ask for this power and grace from God because we do not have it. And we want that full life that we've heard Lisa talk about. We want that too. And it's ours for the asking. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us once again. My co-host, Deacon Burke. Thank, thank you very you. much. This was Lisa. Lisa, thank you so much. And this was the story that had to be told. Because if we didn't, the stones would cry out. Please, come join us next time. And maybe we'll hear your story on the stones will cry out. God bless you all.